It's time to get up and get your day started. Morant. Oh! A jawbreaker! It's Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. The first hour of Sports 56 Mornings is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Now, here are your hosts, Greg and Eli. Get up every morning Good morning, everyone. Welcome in to Sports 56 Mornings as we wrap up the work week on this Friday, December 15th, 2023. Get you set for the sports weekend. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, Zach Boyd with you from the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, their Christmas sale continues. Great deals on just about everything. Head on over there. Time winding down on this Christmas sale with Christmas just 10 days away. 2120 Witten Road. Just north of Interstate 40. First hour of the program also brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware. Weather-wise today, looks like it'll be another decent day, especially when you think about mid-December. And you look at the temperature today, expected to be at about 66 degrees. Yesterday turned out to be a beautiful day. Now, there are some showers in the forecast today, but that's not going to be any all-day affair as far as the rain is concerned. Currently, it's 47 and clear skies tomorrow, or make that tonight, partly cloudy during the evening. Few showers developing later in the night. Chance of rain at about 30% with a low of 43. And then your weekend tomorrow, we kick off the weekend with considerable cloudiness, occasional rain showers for your Saturday, and a high of 56 degrees. Coming up on the program today, John Varlas will join us as he does every Friday at 725 from the Daily Memphian. Matt Dillon at 825 with the Tiger Basketball Report. And at 905, handicapper Brandon Lang from brandonlang.com. Also, 10 in a row. Chance to win a great prize package. That's a good way to start the holiday season. Before you even open up gifts and see what's in the old stocking, you're going to get a chance to win a great gift package today with 10 in a row, the game show that has swept the nation. I guess today's theme is return. Return. Tonight, Dylan Brooks returns to Memphis as a member of the Houston Rockets. Tomorrow, the Memphis Tigers men's basketball team returns to FedEx Forum for the first time in about a month as they'll take on 13th-ranked Clemson. And then John Morant on Tuesday is expected to make his long-awaited return to the Memphis Grizzlies lineup for his first game of the season. So return is the theme. Sports 56 listener lines always available to you by texting in, and then during open segments, you can call in as well. Same number, 901-360-8255. You can also hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or on the website, sportsmemphis.com. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. You excited? Good weekend in store for everyone, I think. Uh, sure, I'm excited. I'm more excited than Brandon Staley waking up today. Yeah, there were some people calling for his head at halftime. It, it, it wouldn't have surprised me. 42 nothing. 42 nothing. the Chargers. I know Justin Herbert's hurt, but come on. 42 nothing at halftime to the Raiders in Las Vegas. It wasn't 42-0 to the high-powered, high-octane offense of the Dolphins or the San Francisco 49ers, arguably the best team in the NFL. It was 42-0 to a rival, the Raiders, at halftime. You end up losing 63-21. to As I said, It was 42-0 to a team that got shut out 3-0 the week before. That's right. I said a couple of days ago, well, it's, it's not breaking news, Staley is not going to make it through the season, well, he will make it through the season, in my opinion, and then get fired. That was my point. I don't think he's going to get fired during the season. I don't know why. It's happened. Obviously, on the other side of last night's game, you have Antonio Pierce, who replaced Josh McDaniels midseason. I don't know how the Chargers could possibly not fire him today. You have a long week, obviously, preparing for your next game, so mm. that helps with a interim coach or whatever. But that team has clearly given up. Last last night was like that. That was not a team. It was embarrassing. Not tr- that was not trying. Mm-hmm. I agree. You can't be down forty two to nothing in an NFL game at halftime. Like that's that's virtually impossible to do. Um, that is that is not a team that wants to play for Brandon Staley. I don't like. I it, it, I it, I would be surprised if he is not fired today. 
I wouldn't be surprised, yes, if he was fired. But it all depends on what the players say. If you're talking about ownership actually consulting in the players, not for his long tenured career as a coach with the Chargers, because that's coming to an end. That 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 is over. That ship has sailed. The question is, do they want to go through an interim coach for the next three games? Or they just want to get the darn thing over with, fire them at the end of the season. So that's something, obviously, ownership has to figure out. And I would imagine they'll consult with these players, although I think you're right. The players, they quit on the guy. But are they going to say, yeah, listen, we, we, we're going to start a mutiny here. He has to absolutely be out the door. I don't know if that's even going to happen. Obviously, they've had injuries, but come on. Five and nine is one thing. It's been a bad year for them. They've not lived up to expectations, even when Herbert was in there before he was hurt. But last night was an absolute embarrassment. Speaking of the NFL, a lot has been made of the Tommy DeVito era in New York. Who knows how long that thing will last. He's been extremely successful in a small sample size. Three starts, three wins. But the big story was from last weekend, his agent who looked at he, uh, looked like he came out of, ca- of uh, Central Casting from Hollywood for a mob show. And his name is Sean Stellato. Well, yesterday on Twitter, somebody had tweeted out, and then it caught fire, that he was going into the Hall of Fame. And everybody's scratching their head going, what, what, what kind of joke is this? What are we talking about here? It is tonight in a place called... Elk Grove Village, Illinois. And I asked you before the show started, you're from the Chicago area, from Kankakee. Do you have you ever heard of that place? You said no. I imagine it I've is I've heard of it. I don't know where it is. But I imagine it's in the Chicago area. It is the National Italian American Sports Hall of Fame. And tonight is the 44th annual gala and induction ceremony. I'm Italian. I had no idea there was a National Italian American Sports Hall of Fame. Anyway, Sean Stellato is going into the Hall of Fame tonight under the category of sports business. So there you go. And hopefully he's decked out as nice as he was Let's, for the game it. last weekend. Does it does it say who else is going in? Yes, it does. Because it sounds like it's a real prestigious thing if he's getting in. Again, he's not going in. He's going in this for sports business. The induction class includes Missy Bertiotti from the world of golf, LPGA golfer. As I said, very prestigious thing here. Giuseppe Rossi, soccer player. Mike Rizzo, sports executive with the Washington Nationals. You've heard of Mike Rizzo. Lou Nanny. Now, I remember Lou Nanny from his hockey cards when I was a kid collecting them. Played for the old Minnesota North Stars, who became the Dallas Stars. And he's been an executive with that same organization. I'm not sure if he's still with the team in Dallas, but he's going in. And then there's others that are getting special awards. How about Mario Massa? You say, who's Mario Massa? I'll tell you, he's a hell of a bocce player, and he's getting in. There's also some special awards. Is Mike Fratello in it? He's got to be in it. He has to be in this Hall of Fame. I don't think there's any question. This is the 44th year of this. He's got to be in. Is Tony Baroni in it? I don't know. What about Mark Ivoroni? I don't know. You can look it up. Maybe maybe you can find some of these well, you guys. you got the stuff. Well, well, it doesn't have all the history. It's just this year's class. Franco Harris, the late Franco Harris, who died, what, last year? Last couple years, Franco Harris died. He's getting the Andretti Lifetime Achievement Award. His family will be there, obviously, representing him, and he'll go in posthumously or get this award posthumously. The Andretti Lifetime Achievement Award. I'm going to guess that's after Mario Andretti. And here's one for you. Priscilla Presley is being awarded the Tommy Lasorda Humanitarian Award. Master of Ceremonies, Tom Dreesen, the old comic who opened up for a lot of the Rat Pack in Las Vegas. There you go, the 44th annual. We like to call it in the biz the NIASHF Gala, also known as the National Italian American Sports Hall of Fame. How about that? So Mr. Sean Stellato goes in tonight to the hall. Good for him. How about that? From, take, take advantage of this. From nobody, fifteen knew, minutes. From nobody outside of the Italians, and obviously, th- this association here knew of the guy. Now he's become—I wouldn't quite say a household name. Maybe they could get him to come to Italian Fest here next next year. Let's get him, man. Let's get him. But anyway, there you go. That's going on. All right. So tonight, he's not Italian. 
He's a basketball player who happens to be a villain. He is Dylan Brooks. Dylan the villain returns to Memphis tonight as the Memphis Grizzlies take on the Houston Rockets for the second time in three days. The Grizzlies at 6-17 and 17 have just two games remaining before the expected return of one John Morant on Tuesday night in New Orleans. John Morant is going to meet the media today at, I believe, 11.30. I will go over to FedEx Forum to listen to John Morant, what he has to say. I'm sure it'll be uh, heavily attended by a lot of not only local and regional media, but national media as well. It's a big to-do. But tonight, it's a big to-do as well with the return of Dylan Brooks. What do you expect from the fans when Dylan is introduced? Uh, I would expect when he is introduced, uh, I, I think it'll be mostly booze. There will be some cheering. And then whenever they do the tribute thing to him, there will be, it will be cheers. Are they really going to do a tribute to him? Yeah, I mean, I would assume they will. The longest tenured Grizzly. Dude yeah. was here for a long time. I mean, every time that somebody comes back, like I would, yeah. I don't. He's the longest tenured Grizzly. Well, during this era, during that era. What era, era are we talking about? The last four years. This era of Grizzlies basketball. Like, I mean, we're a, not talking about the the um, core four. That's not this era. No, but that, that was only a few years ago. It's not I like know, he but was all here those guys many. are gone. Like this era, what we're looking at right now, Dylan was a big part of it. So that guy deserves a, a, a video tribute? Really? Yes. Wow, okay. I mean, we gave Kyle Anderson a tribute video. <laughs> yeah, okay. did, they, did they really? Yeah. They gave Kyle the guys that have spent any time yeah, here at all, one. let alone what Dylan Brooks, as long as he was here. Did they give one to Ish Smith? I mean, for goodness sakes, anybody that plays here? Basically, if you stay here long enough, you're going to get one. Uh, get a I like him. I mean, I personally like him. I like what he brought to the game. But I also said last year when it came to that Lakers series that he had gone overboard. He thought too much of himself. He gave the Lakers not like they needed it. Bulletin board material. He pissed off LeBron James. And I knew his time was up. And I think most people knew his time was up. And, of course, he had the decision to make for himself since he was an unrestricted free agent. And he left. All good things come to an end. He was fun to watch. There were times when you no, just... He was fun to watch. No, he wasn't. You just pulled your, watch. you pulled your hair out at times when he started to chuck the ball around. But when he played physical defense, lockdown defense, he was fun. When he got into the face and talked trash to opponents, he was your guy. <laughs> you you did not mind seeing that from your guy. But now he's an enemy. He's not my guy. He got a technical foul the other night against Jaron Jackson Jr. with a push after the whistle late in the game. And these are buddies. So I expect a course of boos. I expect him to be booed an awful lot. Booed every time he touches the ball. Now, the video tribute, you probably are right. They'll probably applaud for that. But I asked a question yesterday on social media about villains that have come to Memphis to play. Now, they don't have to be former Memphis athletes who've come back with another team, whether it's a college player who transferred or a professional player in the NBA or anything like that. I'm just talking about any player or even a coach who has, over the years, come to Memphis and has been booed profusely, has been dog-cussed, if you will, by some, even though I don't, I don't condone that. Who are the villains that have played uh, in Memphis? And so I pose this question, and I love to pose it to our listeners as well who can text in with your answers at 360-8255. Some of the names that have been sent to me include Denny Crum, Rick Bettino, anyone else who coached Louisville. There is store, and there's still that disdain for Louisville. Also, there's a disdain for Cincinnati. Nick Van Exel, Kenyon Martin, and then other names include Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, uh, our friend Cullen says, AAC football referees. Somebody comes back with never nervous Purvis Ellison. Of course, Draymond Green, Blake Griffin, Blake Griffin another time, Van Exel another time, Grant Williams uh, by somebody uh, gets the call. And then 
Somebody also came with wrestlers. Oh, come to Memphis. Can't go with villains in Memphis without wrestlers. Bill Dundee, Eddie Gilbert, Joe LaDuke. Just some of the names of people who they feel have come through this beautiful city of ours in a sports realm and have been villains. So, again, add to that list if you like, folks, at 360-8255. Zach, you're a lifelong Memphian. Who would be villains on your list that come into Memphis? When they come in, people take notice in a, in a, in a bad way, let's just say. Oh, Draymond, for sure. Draymond? Uh, uh, that's, man, that, like, all the good ones are like retired now, so that's the thing. Yeah, but I mean, those that are even retired, who in the past has come through that were villainous? Who was the, um, I forgot the Reggie guy with the beard. I forgot his name. Basketball I, I, player? Reggie Evans? Evans, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah, that was a good one. Reggie Evans was a villain? Reggie Evans was a villain. Eli, was a, you've been here long enough. Who, who would you think is in that category? Uh... I mean, it's always been just like it, with the Grizzlies, it just goes to whatever playoff series they're playing. That year, <laughs> usually there's somebody picked out on the opposing team. See, it can't be LeBron because LeBron's loved by so many people here. All those lean years for the Grizzlies, everybody had LeBron jerseys and they were supporting him. There's still some support. I know for a hot minute, like Grizz Nation didn't like uh, Yusuf Nurkic because of what uh, what Nurkic did to Mark a few years ago. I think that was. When Nurkic played for Denver, I think the Grizzlies went to Denver. I think Nurkic got into it with Mark, and then Mark like got the payback like some days later after, like on his birthday or something. See, like I that. look, at, I look at uh, some of the, as some people mentioned, the history of Cincinnati, the history of Louisville, and schools of that of that ilk. There's probably some, maybe even some UAB guys I'd have to think about, but Bob Huggins is an interesting one because Bob Huggins, who I loved. Was loved by many, but he was also villainous because he always brought in that tough-as-nails Cincinnati team that often would go and cross the line. And there was those guys that played for that team that people just loved to hate. Um, I I don't know if like a guy from Louisville, like a a Russ Smith, I I don't know if he was he was a villain because he he was like a lovable guy, but he would come in and he would grizzly summer league hero. You can't have a yeah. Can't, he can't be a villain. MVP. He's a, he's a, oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> I would say, well, he's retired now, but Andre Iguodala. Oh, for sure, he still is a villain. Yeah, the the former great grizzly had a great career here. I mean, he'd have to be on that list. Um, now to cross over into like college basketball because I know uh, <laughs> like a lot of the old school Tiger fans. Um, the name I've been hearing a lot is Nick Van Exel. Yes. Was a big No one. question. Uh, I know. In who ended, my who cur- ended up on the Grizzly staff. Right. So I know in my current era, like growing up watching Tiger basketball, like Wayne Chisholm was like the dude was like number one plastered on the wall well, somebody, every game. Somebody brought up Dane Bradshaw. Really? When he was a part of that team that came in and beat the Tigers in the one versus two. That's not bad because he was a Memphian who left it's, Memphis, a friend of ours, but he would leave. He left Memphis to go to Tennessee. Tony yeah. Harris also brought up another one of those. Another Memphian who left to go to Tennessee. How about... Um, Somebody, now, here's another one that came back and became friend, but uh, Mario Chalmers. I was yeah. just going to bring up Chalmers. But, but then see, we like, started to love him. But yeah. We started to love him because he played for the Grizzlies. Like, to me, that's not a villain. Like, I don't... like. Just because a guy hit a big shot against you doesn't make him a villain. No, but for a while there, Chalmers, I mean, he was, they hated him. They hated Chalmers. I know, but again, it, I don't think, it, Chalmers was not a villain in my mind. He just hit a big shot that the, the beat you. Like, I don't think, that doesn't make you a villain. I think Patino is a good answer. I, I certainly would put Huggins in that category. There might be some other coaches. Denny Crum. Denny Crum absolutely would be in that category. Um, another guy who... Ended up being beloved here, so I wouldn't put him in the villainous category, would be Milt Wagner, right? Played against Memphis, and then he became a part of Cal's staff, and then his son came here, so it it changed a lot of things. We are quick to embrace even villains if they become one of ours. We don't hold the grudges. Like, from where where I come from in Philadelphia and that northeast area, I don't care if they end up being a part of your team. Like, you still hate the guy. They still hold the grudges against those 
athletes and coaches that went against their team for all those years, we're a little bit quicker to embrace. So have you got any villains? Bruce Pearl. Let us know. Bruce Pearl is, that's a great one. That is absolutely a great one. 360-8255. Dylan the villain. Dylan Brooks, who, by the way, is having a good year. He's shooting what from three? Like 40%? Somewhere in that neighborhood? It's dropped down a little bit. I'm not sure exactly where he is. I think he's dropped below 40, but I'm not sure exactly what it is. But probably upper 30s. He's playing within himself. He's doing things that you expect him to do. Play tough defense. Get in the face of opponents and you know play the way he's always played. And and that's that's what we liked about Dylan. What we didn't like about Dylan is but when he started to feel too much about... Don't include me in this we. People. <laughs> so, Zach, well, how do you feel about Dylan Brooks? He was I mean, a second-round think... pick. You don't think that guy paid off? I mean, for a second-round pick, what yeah, he was he, able to do? Yeah, he came and did what he's supposed to do. I don't hate him. I, I thoroughly, like, like, at some point during Dylan's time here, because everybody got frustrated with the shot selection, yes. I just kind of just took that as, all right, let's see, let's see what Dylan can can muster up today. Can he can can he just uh, will he decide to be a a Canadian Kobe today, or or is he not gonna <laughs> you know, or is he gonna Kobe? break everything? You know, I mean, right now we got top twenty picks like Zaire Williams and Jake Laravia, who are terrible. This guy was a second round pick. He helped Memphis. He was able to help Memphis get that second overall spot in the West for two straight years. Obviously, I, I know he's not John. I know he's not Dez. I understand that, but he did his role. The problem is he started to his head started to swell that he was better than what he was. And as you said, the shot selection and jacking up shots at the wrong time and then opening his mouth too much. That's basically what ran him out of Memphis, although again, he had the ultimate choice. But we yeah. knew we knew at the end of last year once they were eliminated that his time had run out. Yeah. Everybody knew he was gone. But for what they were able to extract from him for being a second round pick, I thought it was fantastic. They were able to get that much out of the guy. I liked him. I was happy they picked him. But in the end, he became the villain that he is. And again, I think tonight, instead of embracing him, uh, even though what you said about um, his, his time, the longest tenured Grizzly for this this late era here, I still think uh, people will look at it and go, yeah, no, he's a villain. He's the he's the opponent. He's not he's not warm and fuzzy. It's not Mike Conley returning. It's not Pal Gasol returning. Well, Dylan wants it to boo. Like Dylan, like, he, he enjoys that. Like that old. That's a good point. Yeah. He, that's what he's so hoping, hoping for. That's why you don't, you don't play this character if you don't look for the booze. Right. Yeah. So what's going to happen tonight is he's going to get his tribute video. Everybody's going to clap like, yeah, like Dylan, we appreciate everything you do. Some still want him on the team, but they're going to appreciate everything he do. And then if he starts making shots, they're booing him. Well, th- but if he starts missing shots. They're going to cheer for him. Right, you know what I thought you were going to say? The thing I, is, yes. he'll, he'll probably right after the video tribute go out in the court and like get a flagrant foul on Desmond Bain. and then Because he doesn't want to – once everybody cheers for him, he'll be like, oh, i got to turn this around. i got to get back to where they're booing me. Too much exactly. happiness. He, yeah, he has to play the villain role. I thought you were going to say, Zach, you know, he gets the video tribute. Everybody stands and claps. He turns around and he, gives, he flips on the bird. <laughs> I mean, that could happen too. You, I, you just never know. I don't think so. I don't think so. And, and I don't – like – I would. Dylan did some good things here. I don't say I just as I've said from day one he arrived here. I can't stand watching the guy play basketball. That's and that's fine. That's your prerogative. I mean, no no problem with that. But he, I mean, to not admit that he did some good things for this team to help him reach that pinnacle. Nobody said nobody said anything okay. about that. Yeah, I right. just said I don't like the guy, and I've always hated him from day one. I can't stand watching him play basketball. Uh, one other quick note from the NBA uh, for those uh, my age or, or right around my age, they remember George McGinnis. You probably don't remember George, or do you? Remember Jeff? Yeah, you remember the former Carolina Tar Heel. I'm talking about George McGinnis. He passed away at the age of 73. He was a stud with the Indiana Pacers when they were in the ABA. Then he went to the 76ers, played with the good doctor, Julius Irving, and then ended up back with the Pacers in the NBA to end his career. Again, he passed away yesterday at the age of 73. we got plenty of college football news to get to a little bit later on, including the decision by Memphis Tigers starting center Jacob Likes to forego his final year of eligibility to declare for the NFL draft. Another offensive lineman lost by the Tigers. We will discuss that later on in the show. But when we return, the one and only John Barless will join us in studio. 
Corky's Ribs and Barbecue, great option today for lunch, for dinner, anytime this week, and really anytime, especially when you're out shopping, you're running around, you want something quick, you want something good. Corky's Ribs and Barbecue is a great option for you. You can dine in at any of their four establishments. Pick up a third of a rack of ribs for just $6.99 when you purchase a barbecue sandwich. That's $6.99 for a third of a rack of ribs when you purchase an entree. You can get the barbecue sandwiches, you can get the pulled pork plates, but you can also go outside of the barbecue family with their award-winning catfish plate. Uh, the tamales are delicious or any of their entrees. They're located at Poplar Avenue in Memphis, Poplar Avenue in Collierville, Germantown Parkway in Cordova, and Goodman Road in Olive Branch. Ask about their private party room at the Cordova and Olive Branch locations for a little Christmas gathering or any kind of occasion. Also, pick up a Corky's gift card while you're there. Makes for a great stocking stuffer. And order your feasts today from Corky's. Smoked whole turkeys and spiral-sliced honey-glazed hands with all the fixins. All you have to do is go to Corky'sBBQ.com, go online, order your turkey, order your ham, order both, and pick up between December 22nd and December 24th. Let Corky's do all the work for you so you can enjoy the holidays with your friends and family. It's Corky's Ribs and Barbecue, open seven days a week. You're tuned in to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Be sure to follow us at Sports56WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports56WHBQ. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. I got a little change in my pocket going jingle-angle. Welcome back, everybody. Happy Friday to you. 7.30 the time. That means it's time for John Varlas. It's time for Greg and Eli's weekly visit with John Varlas of the Daily Memphian. Check out John's prep sports coverage and more at DailyMemphian.com. Now, here's John Varlas with Greg and Eli. John Varlas is the award-winning Daily Memphian prep reporter, but so much more. You can catch him every Friday right here on Sports 56 Mornings. Follow him on Twitter at John Varlas. I think he's the new Jay Leno because um, I think every Friday we got to ask you, John, do you have a bone to pick? Is there a bone to pick this week? I don't have a bone to pick. Actually, I wanted to give a special shout-out before we get started. So last Friday night I went out to Houston because uh, they were playing FACS, really good, uh, you know, a couple of really good basketball teams there. FACS in particular I think is going to be really good this year. And uh, so I'm sitting there waiting for the game to start, and a young man comes up. A uh, little kid, nine or ten years old, and he says, "Hey, John," and I'm like, "Hey, what? You know, hey, <laughs> who, who are hey, you? No boy. autographs, kid. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, and Talk I, to my agent." And I was like, "I was like, hey, what's your name, buddy?" And he says, "My name is Bennett. I listen to you every every Friday with Greg and Eli. I'm a huge fan. Are you serious? And, uh, shout out so to shout, Bennett. Shout out to Bennett. Um, really nice kid. We uh, he he wanted to get a selfie. You know, super super nice kid. And yeah, Bennett, if you're listening, man, uh, hope you have a great day and uh thank you for uh, checking us out every friday morning so yeah that's fantastic your your listenership is increased at least by one because of me see that's why that's why he that's why he doesn't have a bone to pick this week he feels bad with all his negativity bone picking <laughs> in front, with the kids with the kids yeah. listening well bennett is the future bennett so if you're listening or, or, thank you so or much or you just take it out Holiday break of bone picking. Well, here's, you know, here's a bone to pick because you just said it walking in. Yeah. You go, I so- started to rattle off lists from people for villains that have come through Memphis. Yeah. And one of the ones I read was Bill Dundee. And you say he's not a villain. Yeah, I don't. Bill Dundee was always uh, one of the, you know, the good guy wrestlers. Bill Dundee was really popular. And uh, in fact, probably the, probably the worst the most heated it ever got in the Mid-South Coliseum. So, so so, at one point, there was a cage match between Jerry Lawler and Austin Idol, and it was really heated. And, you know, Jerry Lawler was the most popular guy. He was the king and all that, and Austin Idol was the bad guy. And it was really heated. Well, somehow, Tommy Rich had... 
he spent the he spent like six hours prior to the match hiding underneath the ring. So like before the Coliseum opened, he went under the ring and just hid out under the ring for the entire card until the main event comes. And then it, during the course of the melee after the match, Tommy Rich comes out from under the ring. You know, so he's inside a cage. So he's like, "Where did Tommy Rich come from?" <laughs> so he was he like came out from under the ring, and he and Austin Idol just beat the beat the you know stuffing out of Jerry Lawler and man people people wanted to kill Tommy Rich and Austin Idol that night i think they might have even cut cut his hair too i mean people can text in and back me up the old timers <laughs> this was this was incredible and that was probably the most villainous dastardly act in the in the history of See, memphis wrestling when tommy rich appeared from under the ring and 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 and, and just just waylaid and became a barber the, the, oh, that's when he became a barber with, build it, I, I i don't know certainly the history of it here but i feel like every professional wrestler at some point in their career probably played the villain role. Oh, there's no, <laughs> like there's, there's so no doubt. You could say any name, and there you'll find a period where they were the villain. There, there's no doubt. Even even Andre the Giant was. <laughs> yeah, you know, really. the, and what do they call it? A heel? Is that what uh, they say? They, they, is they a heel if you're the bad guy? Hulk Hogan even had the period yeah, he where did. he became the bad guy. He, he did. Out. He was very effective as a bad guy. But no, that, the, that Tommy Rich thing is, is legendary. I mean, they could not... I mean, he and Austin Idol couldn't get out of the Mid-South Coliseum because people literally wanted to kill them. All right, outside. Is he still outside. in the Mid-South Coliseum? That's why we he's, can't knock it down? Yes, yes. He's still under <laughs> he's the still ring. He's still waiting for the next main event. <laughs> he's, waiting, he's underneath that mat he probably, waiting for the next cage match. He probably is. And, 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 you know, and, and the legend has it that they just gave him like a six-pack of beer or whatever because he had to occupy like five or six hours underneath the ring. He's like the, so they gave him a six, you know, like a couple of beers and a couple of sandwiches and just, just you know, just hang out under the ring. I don't know if you guys have ever uh, remember the story. There was a... There was a Japanese um, fighter um, during World War II who ran away from you know the United States and the fight. He went into the jungle and he was there for like decades. Yeah, I think. Like, they, they, remember that story? Well, they did a Gilligan's Island episode about that. Well, well I'm saying this they guy probably it, his name was Tarzan. Yeah, but this guy probably <laughs> this guy probably went under the ring. He's still there because he doesn't know. He doesn't. He he's waiting for them to continue to fight. He's like, wait a minute, they've condemned this place. They're not fighting. He's yeah. probably still under there. Oh, and, like and, Eli said. Well, and speaking of villains and, and villains and Japanese guys, I mean, Tojo Yamamoto was extremely. You know, hated around here as a wrestler too. You know, he would throw the salt and he would do his his dastardly chops and oh, it was it was awful. Yeah, but all those dudes were like I Ivan Kol was it Koloff and yeah. uh, the Iron Sheik and oh. any foreign dude was always you know or so called or alleged foreign dude. I don't think they really were foreign. Yeah, yeah, well, um, uh, they were always the heels. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what would the Iron Sheik do? I think he Boris would. Car- was it? No, Iron Sheik would have his his uh, the camel clutch, the Persian clubs, right? So he would take the Persian clubs and twirl oh. them over his head and challenge to see if anybody could do it. And then when they picked the clubs, he you know hit them from behind. And <laughs> it was on then. Oh man! Wait, he didn't play within the rules. He didn't fight within the rules. The, the, All right, so the out- camel clutch, by the way, for the Iron Sheik, one of the most that that oof, my brother put that on me one time. That hurts. And Ugh. he finally Ugh. like he I, the Iron Sheik was the one who went. Had the uh, Twitter handle, yeah, right? He, was, he, he, he be- finally passed away, right? He, he died not too long ago, yeah. Exactly, yeah. He, he, personal personal bodyguard of the Shah of Iran. Is that true? I think that's true. Or that's what he that was what was wow. claimed. Uh, he was he was actually a, a, an Olympic wrestler for Iran. He did represent Iran in the Olympics. But now, he that, became so fact. popular yeah. no, recently po- with social media. Yeah, he, he kind was of a became, great follower. He kind of became kind of like, like a, a cold a, hero, a, a, right. a cold hero, kind of cartoony kind of guy. But yeah, no, he was very popular. So outside of uh, wrestling, as far as villains over your lifetime here in Memphis, when they would come to town to play in any sport. Who would be up there on your list? I remember, I remember my uh, my my friends really hating Nick Van Exel when he played for mm-hmm. Cincinnati. I mean, they there was that one year where Cincinnati beat Memphis uh, four times. They beat him twice during the regular season, and I guess once in the conference tournament and once in the NCAA tournament. I guess, and yeah, people just hated Nick Van Exel. So Nick Van Exel, I mean, I think you mentioned Bruce Pearl. People don't like people didn't like Bruce Pearl. I don't recall people hating. Purvis Ellison that much I think they were you know I mean obviously he was really really good and they didn't like him from that standpoint but I don't think there was anything 
you know, in his nature that you could hate Purvis Ellison about. But, you know, Nick Van Exel was kind of cocky, and I think he would you go back and forth with the fans, if I recall correctly. I, How about people, those coaches? Denny Crum, yeah, Denny, Denny Crum, Huggins, Denny Crum for sure. I mean, you know, golly, Matt Dillon, will, you know, he'll be on later, and he'll tell you all kinds of stories about the Memphis-Louisville rivalries. But, yeah, that that was, you know, those, those games were intense. And, yeah, people hated Denny Crum. They hated Louisville. You know why they hated Denny Crum? Because he would not call it Memphis State. He would just call it Memphis. Right. And, and and people hated that. <laughs> and now people hate it when they call it Memphis State. Yeah. He'd say, he'd we say, come full circle. He'd say, you know, uh, you know, we, yeah, we got a game against Memphis on, on Tuesday. You know, Memphis is a good team. But people hated that, though, because he wouldn't say Memphis State. It was bizarre. <laughs> but that, that's just the way it was. It was a rivalry, and, and, and people were nuts back then. What would you say? And I know that you're not, you know, the going to a million Grizzlies games and all that, but like who would be up there, you think, from like an NBA standpoint? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, uh, anybody with the Lakers, it used to be, yeah, like, yeah. except for LeBron, they loved it. Didn't they? Was it, oh God, I'm trying to think. Was it, was it like somebody like Matt Barnes who they really hated? They did. And then he became a Grizzly too. Yeah, he became a, I think, I, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not. Up on my Grizzly. No, you're right about that. But, but I think, think about all that. of those Clippers, the Clippers the, teams, the Clippers, yeah, right. and yeah. then then the Warriors teams. Like they, it's been whoever they've played Probably Westbrook and lost to in the playoffs. Because everybody hates Westbrook for whatever reason. I uh, like him. I like Westbrook. So Westbrook. do I. I I'm, I'm actually, uh, you know, and I actually kind of. I mean, I, I don't have any really issues with Draymond Green the person because I've actually, you know, interviewed him. I've told I've told this story before when the Warriors came to. Uh, Germantown High because they were retiring Ian Clark's number. Right, right. right. All the Warriors came and, and the the PR guy said, "You want to talk to one of the guys?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah, I'll get some quotes from somebody." And I talked to Draymond Green for like ten minutes, and he was, you know, really kind of gave a lot of insight as to why, you know, when you when a, when a professional player has his high school jersey retired, why it's kind of important and special for them. You know, really good thoughts. You know, re- really nice guy. And 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 then you that it just doesn't jibe with with what you see on the court out here putting people in camel clutches and, <laughs> and, and throwing roundhouses it, you know well, there's it, it, it just doesn't it just the off the court and the on court yeah. just doesn't jibe and I, it's like that sometimes but yeah no i it's, it's weird it's really weird on his podcast and stuff like you can he can be a very thoughtful guy yeah, like and all that stuff he's oh, intelligent that's, that's the, the, yeah, thoughtful, yeah, thoughtful was the, the word i was looking for on court uh yeah, persona the, the behavior on court is just idiotic yeah thoughtful was the word i was looking for i mean he had some like i said really good insight because i'm like you know in my head i'm like well you know it's just it's just your high school jersey you know why it's a big deal well he you know he kind of laid it out for me why it's a big deal you know this is where you start this is where your friends are this is where your dreams were were hatched and and, and kind of born and all that so it, it means a lot to the that's guys why it was really interesting perspective yeah, that's why it's contradictory because yeah. most people who know him say he's a very intelligent guy but obviously he does stupid things on the court he he did, he does he's done a lot of great things to help his team win win uh, titles but he also does dumb things and uh, the recent thing he did was incredibly dumb and we'll see what happens with that but this all leads back to dylan brooks and his first game in a uniform other than the grizzlies uniform playing at fedex forum it is tonight how do you think the fans will react i think the fans will boo and uh and and i heard i heard you guys uh talking about a tribute video i i mean do you think they'll even do a tribute that's video? what i said yes. well no I, I let me let me let me let me preface that i mean his his contribution merits a tribute video if he had left on on good terms and mm-hmm. you know it was a kind of a mutual decision or whatever you know his his contribution deserves a, a tribute video but i'm just wondering if a tribute video just wouldn't further antagonize the situation and add more 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 fuel to the fire and just just kind of make things worse where's the cut line for video tributes well, I like, mean, where, where's the where? where I mean, Dylan, well, I can't. I get well, like, like, Dylan, Z- like Zach said, my God, if you're going to give Kyle Anderson, <laughs> that's a, what I'm a, saying. You got to give where, Dylan Brooks what's, one. What's the what's the cut line? I mean, if uh, all of a sudden uh, Zaire Williams is dealt and he comes back, you giving him a video tribute? Well, do where, you do you have enough? things to tribute to <laughs> i don't think <laughs> so well, we got to use some hustle stuff oh, with very, eli's calls very short video <laughs> a very short video i mean a lot they, of if, still shots if, <laughs> if they re, if they release if they release lofton like kenneth lofton jr gets picked up and ends up coming back are they going to give him a video tribute 
Everybody doesn't deserve a video tribute, well, but I would, I would imagine that, yeah, Dylan, Dylan Brooks deserves it. Dylan Brooks contributed a heck of a lot to this franchise. You know, ultimately, he did more, way more good than bad for the franchise. I agree. It, it ended very sourly, and it was, pro- you know, it was definitely time to part ways. Um, and I think he's going to get, you know, a, a vociferous round of boos tonight. And, and and that's fine. You know, the fans pay their money. If they want to boo, they can certainly do that. And you're right. Eli, he likes that. He, he does want that. He's going to eat that up. And, and No you know, question. It, it might it might spur him to a 25-point game tonight. He knows. will get into it with somebody tonight. I firmly believe somebody, there will be some somebody sort of the Grizzlies, or, yeah, or like there will be some sort oh, yeah. of yeah, but back play, and forth. But he'll playfully, get a, he'll or, get a, or no, real. He, he will get it. Will be especially if you got he, a tee against Jaron Jackson Jr. the other night, that was, pushing him after the but whistle. That was a playful, I think. But oh, was if, it? Okay. If you get, if, especially if it's a close game, tight game down the stretch, mm-hmm. there's no doubt he will get physical with somebody, and there will be some jawing back and forth, and he will probably end up getting a technical. Our, our, our buddy Jarvo says, um, and this is well before my time in Memphis. Al Vilcek and Mike Lawhon from Louisville, if he spelled those right, back in the 70s versus Larry Finch and company, he said, Matt Barnes for sure. said, best quote ever from Matt Barnes. Violence is never necessary until sometimes it is. And then he had another quote: "We are bringing spoons to a knife fight." Well, both and, when he was a grizzly. And Matt Matt Dill, Matt Dillon can probably tell you more about this, but you know Fred Horton, the legendary mm-hmm. basketball coach at uh, at Booker T. Washington, at one point during the Memphis Louisville rivalry, he actually took a chair off the bench and hit a Louisville player over the head with it. I heard about that. So Did he hit him over the head? I wonder if it was Al Vilcek or, or Mike Lawhorn. He might not have. Okay, let me back. Mixing back. wrestling he, with. He, the, he, he grabbed a chair and went after a player. I don't know if he actually made contact, but there was a chair in play. <laughs> Is it Lawhorn? Because it's spelled Lawhorn. Yeah. It, it, it might have been one of those guys. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, that's that's just the level of intensity. <laughs> and, and that's and that, you know, Coach Horton played over 50 years ago. That That's what we're talking about. Such a so what happened to him? It, who Fred Horton for hitting the guy over the head with a chair? Probably, probably they uh, you know gave him a technical, and I mean it was a different time, man. <laughs> it was a different time. They called a foul. It was a, yeah. <laughs> look. I mean, they gave Fred three free throws. He shot him. I mean, you know, I mean, what, I mean, what did they do with Kermit Washington? I think they just gave him a technical foul. No, he, Kermit got a twenty-six game suspension. Right, but in the during the game, in, oh, in, in the, the game immediate, itself, in the game itself, yeah, they probably didn't eject him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You watch all these YouTube clips, sucker of, punch. Were encouraged of, of Bill Lane Beer and, and and Dennis Rodman and some of these guys. Yes. Uh, oh my gosh! If that happened today, it, uh, there would be, you know, ten thousand word think pieces in the Atlantic, and it, it would be so, it would be awful. So are we saying Yurkic is soft, man? He, he no. went down after that slap to the face by Draymond. No, that was a good. That was a good hit, and it hit him in the eardrum too. That's dangerous. You you know you can really do damage when you hit somebody in the eardrum. By the way, we do have a texter who says they were at the uh, the match the night that. Austin Idol came from under the ring. Oh, you, 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 you <laughs> lucky texter! You are a lucky man or woman. I swear, man. I, I've I've seen. What that. is that dude doing underneath I, the, the seen, ring for that long? Because he he wanted. No, no. But what? What? I mean, what is he I told doing? You they, the, I told you they gave him. They had food and some beer, and he just hung out I under. You were the joking? Ring. No. What are you going to do under arrest? That's what I'm asking. Yeah, if he's eating little, food and drinking a beer. Room set up I, I think there. I think they even had a little under the ring. I think they even had a little something where he could use the bathroom if needed be. Or a bucket. Well, yeah. I mean, well, that's what. Well, you do what you got to do. Oh my gosh, but that's it, funny. But it, but the payoff was incredible because right. he, he came out from under the ring. The texture was selling it, baby. Verify this. The, the He's a method actor. And people went nuts. The best would have been if he like fell asleep and missed the whole thing. <laughs> like he, they're all waiting for him to come out, and he's like, they're like, why is he not coming out? Like he's supposed to come out right now, and they find out afterwards he just fell asleep. He's like, I, I'm sorry, guys. I I got bored down there, fell asleep, but I forgot. I missed it all. All right, when we come back. Bobby Austin, big news. You broke that news. We'll talk about that with John Varlis. Uh, thoughts on maybe who replaces the legend. And uh, we'll look back at the great career of Bobby Austin. Folks, if you're ready for a new Silverado, All-Star Chevy and Olive Branch has financing down to 1.9 or up to 10000 cash. Plus, make no payment for 90 days. And your good credit deserves it. Check out all the red tag deals they have at All-Star Chevy, including Tahoes on Equinox, on Trailblazers. Plus, families will love the Traverse with the third row seat, so you can do more together, Christmas, holiday trips. What are you doing New Year's Eve? What are you driving? Military, teachers, college students, healthcare workers, you get an extra $500 bonus. If you want a certified pre-owned Chevy or any pre-owned, 
All-Star is loaded up. And if it's not there, just ask Jeff. He'll find it for you. Kevin and Jeff and everyone here at All-Star Chevy ask me to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year on their behalf. Remember, it's not South Haven, not Mount Moriah, not Bartlett, not Collierville. It's got to be Olive Branch. Find new roads to All-Star Chevy today or go to allstarautogroup.com. More with John Barless when we return. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. We are Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 WHBQ. Available on your radio dial at 560 AM and 98.5 FM, as well as around the world online at sports56whbq.com. Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app. And at home, just say, Alexa, play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. John Barnes with us as he is every Friday. So yesterday you had the story about Bobby Austin. First of all, great human being. Unbelievable career at MUS. 47 years and 26, I think, as a head coach, but also track and field. AD, the athletics director there. Uh, big loss. One of the uh, the old school coaches who replaced a legend and Jake Rudolph and became a legend himself. It's, it's just incredible when you think about it, Greg. So when, when, uh, it, when MUS opens their season in August, uh, I think they're going to play Bartlett in the first game. It'll be the first time since 1959 that there won't be Jake Rudolph or Bobby Alston wow. on the sidelines. Jake Jake Rudolph took over in 59. Um, Alston joined MUS in 77. And since then, it's been one or the other or both, just a continuous line. And it, it's just incredible. Yeah, but no, to, to your point, I mean, we're all going to miss Coach Alston, I think, especially – the folks at MUS, but I mean, just the football community in, in, in general, you know, you talk about four state championships in football, you talk about uh, 200 wins, you talk about five state championships in track, you know, coach some of the, the, the just a ton of great athletes in football and in track sent, you know, dozens and dozens of kids on to college. And, 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 you know, Coach Austin, you know, he did things the right way just for the sake of doing them the right way because it's the right thing to do, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. You know, I kind of uh, alluded to it. I wrote about it in my column, you know, when he would have, uh, when he would oversee the track meets at, at MUS, um, you know, real precise about making sure everything's on time. You know, if the if the hundred meter dash is supposed to start at three o'clock, you know, it's darn well going to start at three o'clock, and it's not going to be because you know Coach Austin is raging and fussing and you know screaming to get it done. It's just because it's the right thing to do, and and the tone at MUS of of kind of the tone of excellence that they have over there, you know, kind of flowed from Coach Austin. I mean, he he, you know, wanted things to be done a certain way, the right way, and and he impressed that upon everybody. And, and it's just, you know, a, a, a really good way to run a program, in my opinion. You know, I mean, he, he's certainly going to be missed. His, uh, you know, he he doesn't want any positive press, and and um, you know, so positive but, press. He doesn't want any press at all. Okay, there we go. Yeah, he, I mean, so I. I <laughs> Negative obviously he doesn't want any right. it's like Dylan Brooks he <laughs> wants the booze <laughs> he doesn't want anybody making a fuss over him is what gotcha. I'm trying to say so he, he's going to ride off into the sunset but no man he he, he is definitely going to be missed and whoever you know you know they've they've got three jobs to fill over there now because he was the AD and the football coach That's right. and the track coach do you have any so. idea which direction in football they'll go I don't I mean you a lot know, of good staff members they've got they've got some good good guys there on staff for sure I mean and, and at least one of them you know Brian Stewart has a ton of coaching experience. You know, I, I uh, you know, head, head, head coaching head, at where? Head coach at Briarcrest. Okay. He was the coach at Briarcrest for about seven, eight years, I think. Um, but yeah, you know, remember. lots of good assistants, Mark Chubb, Glenn Rogers, Glenn Rogers I mean, sure. you know, so there'll be a ton of good in-house candidates if, if those guys are interested. And, and certainly if they put that out for a, a larger search, you know, they can probably pick 
a, a really good candidate from outside if they choose to do that. I have no idea what they'll do. I mean, you know, like I mentioned, the long line between Coach Rudolph and, and Coach Alston kind of makes me think they may try to keep it in-house, but I don't know that for a fact. And, you know, it's just going to be interesting to see where, where MUS goes from here. High school sports is, is changing every day, and it's going to be interesting to see how the Owls adjust to this. All right, final All right. minute or so. Who who now, we kind of talked about this a little bit on the show yesterday, who are the two or three longest tenured head coaches at their one institution right now? Well, I, there's only since I started doing preps full-time full-time this latest time in 2010 there's only three coaches left that are that are still at their at their current spots uh with the retirement of coach austin so rodney salisbury mm-hmm. at whitehaven he's the now the longest tenured and uh you got deron sutton over at at uh, ridgeway he's mm-hmm. been at ridgeway since at least 2010 wow. and, and chris michael out at millington he's been out at millington since at least 2000 i was thinking about chris michael yesterday when we were talking about, I, I didn't know for sure how long i thought salisbury had to be the longest but yeah. i knew michael had been out there for a long time those too. Those, those three are those three are probably the longest tenured at their at their current schools now you got guys like cedric miller who have you know, been moved around continuously employed, but they've been at different schools. Yeah, Kevin LaCastro, you know, those guys, they've, you know, they might actually have more years in total. Is Slocum still coaching? Slocum is, uh, no, Coach Ron Mon Slocum is uh, in the administration. He's the assistant principal at uh, at Douglas High. He's left, he's left the coaching business and moved into administration, getting all fat and happy there in the principal's office. <laughs> he, he's a, he's a no, cool he, dude. He's, he's a, a cool dude. dude. Yeah, yeah, it was fun to see him last night. Fun to see his Douglas uh, Red Devils. Man, they got a team over there in Douglas. Six, 16 and 0. How about that for a start? Wow. wow. You hate to see the legends leave, retire, but then a new crop comes in. There, there, there. There's always good people coming in, and we're we're blessed that we have lots of uh, good young coaches here in the area. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know, I definitely think the future is in good hands. But no, it's it's going to be a, a huge loss with uh, with Coach Austin. I mean, he was a, a, a true gentleman and a, a class act all the way around, and um, you know, meant so so very much to so many people there at MUS. The um, we got another text here. Our buddy Billy over at Family Leisure says he was at the cage match uh, really? that night. He said when Tommy Rich came from underneath the ring, fans were literally climbing the cage <laughs> they, to they try were. to help Lawler. <laughs> As the bad guys were headed to the dressing room, people were throwing chairs and trash at them. That, that's exactly the way that's, I remember it. Thank you, Billy. I appreciate that. That's so funny. Like, I mean, people to, are like literally thinking they got to get in there to help Jerry Lawler. Oh my gosh, Jerry's in trouble. We got to go help him. Well, yeah. no, but Billy's right. I mean, it was just a, it was just a different time. But can, uh, can you imagine if, if you're a heel in Memphis with the love affair for Jerry Lawler? I mean, you should, like, people don't, they, obviously they boo the heels, but they go beyond that in Memphis, I guess, with the history, with the love for Jerry. If that darn Mid-South Coliseum had been knocked down, you wouldn't be able to tell that story, and neither would Billy, because you guys would forget it. <laughs> yes. It immediately gets a very from your memory. It's amazing. <laughs> it's a good, thank you for, thank, I, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to indulge Eli on his Coliseum shenanigans, but thank you for the text, Billy. That's a great memory, and that's that's pretty much the way I remember it, too. John, thank you. Have a great weekend. Always, guys. Thank you so much. He is John Varlis, Daily Memphian Prep Reporter. You can follow him on Twitter at John Varlis and catch him every Friday right here on Sports 56 Mornings. This sound of the program brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware Corner, White Station, and Quince. That's where you'll find them. That's where you'll find a lot of great gift ideas for anybody in your holiday list, plus anything you need to get those projects around the house done. Go see the folks at East Memphis Ace Hardware. They've got it all for you. they got a great friendly staff to help you find it. Of course, they've got the big green egg and all the egg accessories. That certainly would make a great gift idea for somebody this holiday season from East Memphis Ace Hardware. You're tuned in to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.